Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And you know it to be true, of course. Welcome, and welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It is our movie Saturday show, the last one for 2023. Oh, darn. And we are going to do... That's right. We're going to charge. <laughs> we are doing cavalry movies, and uh, to help us along in this journey is Western Writers of America author Michael F. Blake. And this guy knows a little bit about uh, cav movies. He runs a Facebook group on, uh, well, on the Facebook uh, <laughs> about um, uh, John Ford uh, cavalry trilogy, uh, John Ford directs. Uh, he's got a book coming out about John Ford, so I think he knows... Oozing out his pores. Yeah, and, and plus he's done books about Theodore Roosevelt. Yep. And we know what kind of a cowboy president that guy was. So, mm-hmm. um, Michael, welcome to the show. Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. Howdy, howdy, and howdy. And we've got a couple of thingies there first, I, some I housekeeping. My, I got my cowboy calendar to finish up the year with here. And on December 29th, 1845, Texas became the 28th state in the United States. He did it twice. Uh, And also on the 29th in 1890, uh, a dark day for the cavalry was the Wounded Knee Massacre. Yep. The Troop 4th U.S. Cav was there, I believe. And on the 30th in 1853 was the Gadsden Purchase, which brought Arizona and chunks of New Mexico into the Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is, I think, this is a New Mexico, uh, no, excuse me, Arizona important date. On the 31st in 1920, Rex Allen came into the world, the singing cowboy, and on December 31st, uh, I don't have the exact year, it was the early 40s, I believe, though, Val Kimmer came into the world. All right. His folks had a dude ranch up outside of Phoenix, mm-hmm. was a kid growing up, and I think that may have added a little bit of authenticity to his daisy. Well, how about that stuff? Todd Roberts, how are you, sir? I'm very well, very well, and I'm so happy to be on today's show with you gentlemen. And the one and only amazing Michael Blake, being that he, you know, he knows more about the cavalry than most cavalry officers did. <laughs> um, yeah. But also, I have, to, mail, I have to... Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, Michael. Yeah. Uh, Let's just also put uh, other compliments where they're due, or or shall I say laudning. Uh, Harry's grandfather was in the cavalry. Great-grandfather. Great-grandfather was in the cavalry down there in in southern Arizona, chasing the Apaches. So Mm -hmm. um, we've got one guy who knows a lot about it, and then we've got another guy who's got it in his blood. So, you know, I don't think the show can fail today, Bunker. You and I, let's go find a bar. (laughs) No, no, I've got to do it because most of my early stuff was cavalry. He's got his notes anyway. He can't leave without his notes. I can give them to you. Well, no, I I can't read those things. Oh, okay. The print is so small. It's very close to the paper. Yeah, it sounds like that. Well, that's because we're eight feet apart. Anywho, let us get on to uh, our movies about the U.S. Cavalry. And before we went to uh, air, uh, Michael talked about what he thought was probably one of the best or better Cav movies uh, out there. And Mr. DeFrance was in it, too. Um, Ozana's Raid. Yes, I was. Talk about it, Michael F. Blake. Talk about it. Well, it's a, um, I think it is the best American film about the Apache Wars period, uh, followed up by Arrowhead with um, Charlton Heston, Jack Palance, and uh, Brian Keith. And Heston's character was based on uh, the scout Al Sieber. And I also have to mention Walter Hill's film, uh, Geronimo, An American Legend. Those Great are probably movie. the, those are the top three Apache War stories. But Ozana's Raid really captured the 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 hit and miss uh, guerrilla warfare that the Apaches launched. Mm-hmm. I have always said that the Apache tribe 
was the greatest guerrilla fighters mm -hmm. in the world, mm -hmm. bar none. I put them up against the Arabs, ag against anybody. They were brilliant. Um, they did not rely on horses. Young Indian boy, uh, young Apache boys were trained. They would fill their mouths up with water and have to run up the hill and run down the hill. And if they swallowed the water along the way, they had to do it all over again. Hmm. Um, an Apache uh, warrior could cover 70 miles in a day. On foot. And that's that's pretty amazing. And yeah, they, they were... They were a hardy breed, a tremendous fighter. Um, I'd put them up against the, well, the Apaches beat the Sioux uh, at one point. Um, they, they were, John they Wayne were, mentions it in Fort Apache. That's exactly right. And I think Ozana's raid, it's very gritty. It's very real. And... Um, uh, it pulls nose punches, which it shouldn't. And uh, I, I, I consider it the best Calvary picture, um, certainly the best. Uh, they show an early baseball game mm -hmm. at the fort and an open fort. You know, there used to be two different types of forts. I know I'm kind of going off in directions here, no, no, so no, bring me going. in if you need. But nope, keep going. We originally had the stockade walls, right. and that went back all the way to the 1700s. Uh, as we came out west, you had some forts, especially up along the Bozeman Trail and that, notably um, Fort Phil Kearney and that, that had the stockade walls. But as the Indian War period, which would go from 1865 to 1890, went along, a lot of forts became known as open forts. For instance, Fort Abraham Lincoln, where uh, Custer left for the Little Bighorn. That was an open fort, meaning there were open buildings. Mm -hmm. There was no wall, enclosed wall around all the buildings. The same goes for Fort Bowie down here mm -hmm. in Arizona. Yep. <clears throat> they, um, it, it just varied. Some were also just simply tent uh, camps mm -hmm. uh, that gave, gave the impression that they were uh, temporary. But uh, I, I just think in so many ways, Ozama's raid gets it right from the get-go. Lancaster has never been better. Um, Bruce Davidson is just as good. Yes, he is. Uh, it, it, it's just a great film. And um, Don't forget I, the I really enjoy it. It's a lot of it, 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 it. There's a lot of action. They shot it down there in your neck of the woods around Tucson, and they also used Valley of Fire up mm -hmm. outside of Las Vegas. You know, Bunker, it's also got something that's very interesting: the opening scene with playing baseball barehanded, yeah. which is so real because mm -hmm. it started in the Civil War. Yes. So by this period of time, twenty twenty five years later. Of course, it's still going. Yeah, Bunker, talk about being in uh, uh, what your role was in Ozana's Well, I was a, a trooper in that. I also stood in for uh, Lancaster and uh, Richard Jekyll. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was, that was a, you know, funny. I've stood in for a lot of actors over the years. And for some reason, Standing in for Lancaster is the only time I felt like I was given an honored job. Wow. I just, there was something about the man, you know, and I stood in for some big stars, and it was just, it was just a job, but for him, it was like, I've got to do this right. So but, that was, uh, that was early in your career, right? Uh, this was, what, 72. Oh, okay. So Not that early. 72, yeah. yeah. Not but, that early. But here, I want to, I want to get to some of the Arizona locations. This will just show you how how meticulous they were in making this. Coronado National Monument, Huachuca Mountains, Whetstone Mountains, Pajarito Mountains, Atacosta Mountains, Empire Mountains, Babacacuri Mountains, Nogales, Ruby, Sonoida, Harshaw, Fort Crittenden, Rio Rico, Babacamari uh, River, uh, Pantano, Hereford, Desquieu, out of Tucson, and they, they really utilized the Nevada Department of Conservation and Resources and their Division of State Parks. And I'll tell you that just the land in itself mm -hmm. 
is as much a character as the cavalry and the Indians. And one of the things that really in this movie stands out, if he were just to sit down and just read the script, this is one of the best written scripts, Western or otherwise cavalry, of all time. Hmm. And it's it's not preachy. Uh, you, you get Davidson's take. You know, he's a young officer right out of the academy. Uh, he's Christian. He's got these values. But at one point, he's like, you know, kill them all. You know, he's, and it, 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 you see that. And uh, Joaquin Martinez, although he has very few lines in it as Osana, uh, and they used all the Indian boys, and that were all local mm-hmm. uh, Indians from Tucson. Hmm. Michael, you mentioned that this uh, Ozana's raid was uh, one that probably got it uh, the most correct uh, in telling both sides of the stories. What is it with Hollywood that they can't tell the other side? Is, is it is it, it? It can't be financial. It's got to be something else. Liberalism. Yeah. Well, <laughs> boy, that, that's a tough question to answer in a way because. Um, you want the cowboys or the cavalry to be the hero. And, you know, uh, like in those songs, right, the Apache attacking farmlands and stealing horses and, uh, you know, killing people. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. That isn't heroic, you know, in, in many people's eyes. Um, they didn't bother explaining. <clears throat> why a lot of Indians fought, you know, what boy, you could spend a whole show on talking about Indian culture and For that, sure, but yeah. But you know, there is, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, keep going. No, I was just going to say, Indian culture, fighting was a way of life with many, 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 many tribes. It's the way a young man proved himself yeah. as a man. right. And to take, you know, take scouts, count coup, you know, steal so many horses, uh, things like that. Raiding. Uh, it, it was just all that kind of stuff. And um, it just wasn't very heroic, uh, showing the Indians being the good guys and beating the cavalry, uh, who's supposed to be the heroes. Hmm. Uh, it just comes down to who wants to put... Who do you want to portray as the hero? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a protest yeah. film uh, against Vietnam in a lot of ways. There yes. is a lot there, of. Always... I saw it then, and I, you know, I'll be honest. I refuse to look at a movie and see it as a protest film against something. Maybe later, talking about it, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But when I'm watching that movie, Vietnam is the furthest thing <laughs> from my mind. I, I would agree. I don't think you see it in the moment. I think you see it later as you reflect on it. You know, there's two things that I think is kind of interesting in this movie. One, the Apache, we, we keep thinking it's the Apache versus the cavalry, but the Apache was fighting the Mexican army. They were fighting the cavalry. They were fighting, and then they were fighting other tribes around them. Uh, it, it was just they were probably the mo- one of the most warlike because of their very nomadic experience, uh, mm-hmm. existence. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene in there when uh, Douglas Watson, he's Major Cottonwright, uh, is assigning the mission to Davison, and they said, you know, it's like oh, it, couple, it happened again. Some Indians jumped a reservation. You go out there and bring them back. It was matter of fact, and hmm. Lancaster says, "No, this is this is this is not some guys going off going hunting. This is a killing thing. They're going out because Osana has got smoke in his in his nose. He's got he's got the children in his eyes. He's getting, and he wants one last shot at glory and being a man. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that in, that in itself explains to a degree." the Apache culture about fighting, that it's it's a way of proving yourself and also, it's like the guy that's too old to ride a saddle bronc, but he still enters the rodeo. Mm-hmm. Kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, obviously we are not going to be able to get to all of the good and great cavalry movies, 
But we're going to get to... Let's a, just do the whole show on Alzheimer's Ring. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do a lot of movies, a lot of different movies. Our guest is Michael F. Blake, Western Writers of America author, and uh, we're going to talk more about cavalry movies here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to Friends, and Todd Roberts, right after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away, it'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. I've been riding range all my life. I never paid to ride across anybody's land. I don't reckon I'll be starting now. Come on, Lucky, we'll take the mountain trail. Yeah, I never had a hankering to associate with sneaking coyotes anyway. Why, you... Take it easy, cowboy. You'll just stick to your toll collecting. You might live to a ripe old age. This is the Voices of the West. Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles, our guest, Michael F. Blake. Uh, My Western... God, I want to re-enlist. I know you do. <laughs> He's a Western Writers of America author and uh, quite the uh, well, f- foremost expert, I would say, adventure to Bunker, they don't take Bunker, they don't take swabbies in the cavalry. Oh, yeah, Hell, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, you forgot about all my cavalry movies. <laughs> this is pre-Navy, you know. <laughs> Anyway, we are talking cavalry movies here on our final show of 2023 on the movie Saturday, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. Michael F. Blake, what's the next movie up that you'd like to talk about? I want to, we could easily talk about Ford's Cavalry Trilogy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I believe, you know, but I I think we should save that for another show when the book is out. Okay. Hint, boy, is that so? Yeah, I hear you. But <laughs> there, there is a John Ford Calvary picture that most everybody overlooks. There's and I think several. is a wonderful, wonderful picture. And that's Sergeant Rutledge. I knew you oh, were going to say Oh, my Rutledge. God. My God. Sergeant Rutledge is the first. American film to show the Buffalo Soldiers mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. Woody Strode, I, I was so was fortunate in my makeup career that I got to work with Woody one time on a Buck Rogers in the 25th Century episode. Mm-hmm. 
And I worked with him, and my, he sat in my chair, and I first thing I said to him is, you should have gotten an Oscar for Sergeant Rutledge. Yes. <laughs> and his eyes just lit up. And, of course, we talked about Ford endlessly. But Woody Strode gives a great, great performance. And anybody that says Strode wasn't a good actor, they need to watch that last scene yeah. in the courtroom. Well, it's not the last scene, but it's the last scene in the courtroom where Strode is on the witness stand and testifying and what he says. And, yes. and you, they use the N-word and this is what now? Uh, let me go back and see here. Um, because I don't trust my memory. Nineteen sixty. Yeah, nineteen sixty. No, nine. Yeah, nineteen sixty. So it was probably nineteen fifty-nine. And they use it. And there's a great story behind the scene where Woody is testifying, and he just—it's heart rendering to watch him as Rutledge telling this. Well, what Ford did is he planned it. He did a similar mm -hmm. thing to Victor McLaughlin uh, for The Informer. He told Woody, well, look, you're not going to work tomorrow, so why don't you go out and relax? And he had somebody go with Woody, and they went out and tied a few on. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I mean a few. Mm -hmm. To the point that Woody had a blinding hangover the next morning. <laughs> and suddenly the phone rings, and they go, uh, Woody, uh, things have changed we need to hear at the studio right away and he does this scene in the courtroom and yeah part of it is he's got this raging hangover and he's saying all these lines but what Ford got out of him as Ford did with so many people I mean, I'll cite Victor, Victor Mature's performance in My Darling Clementine is probably one of the best things Mature ever did. Mm -hmm. But Ford got an absolutely great performance out of Woody Strode. Yeah. And Sergeant Rutledge is, is a great testament to the Buffalo Soldiers. And you never heard of the Buffalo Soldiers in a movie before this. Okay. So unless unless I'd have to go back way back in history, perhaps one of what they used to call the race films when uh, yeah. blacks uh, produced their own own films. Uh, actor Noble Johnson, who plays Redshirt, wore a yellow ribbon. He and his brother George formed the Lincoln Film Company in the late teens, and they they made films for black audiences, but nobody addressed it. And, and Ford does it, and it's it's a beautifully shot film. Of course, it's in Monument Valley, so how bad can you screw that? <laughs> really, <laughs> but it's just and it's just got great performances throughout the film, and it's it's one I think deserves more attention than it's gotten. Mm -hmm. um, I I consider it an underrated classic, and mm -hmm. and certainly a great tribute to the Buffalo Soldiers. You know, the thing I like in there too is when. Uh, strode uh, talking to the, his fellow Buffalo soldiers and he's explaining to them why it's so important that they do what they do and that they are all examples and that they have to bear themselves like that. And I thought that's just a wonderful scene. Well, yeah, exactly. and that, that type of scene is played in uh, the movies about the colored infantry or colored units during the Civil War. What was it? Uh, Glory, uh, what Massachusetts? Fifty uh, Second Massachusetts, I or I don't remember. Fifty Fourth Massachusetts, 54th. and it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. That you know, hey, you got to do this because this—it's so, on you. Well, while we're on Ford, uh, Michael. Uh, Cheyenne Autumn, you know, I, I, I know it's been a much maligned movie, and a lot of people think it's one of his weak ones. I love the movie, and I love especially the way he treated the Cheyenne, and you know, oh yeah, and 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 and, and the cavalry as well. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, the big nose guy. Whitmark. Whitmark. Major. No, the major. Uh, the oh, goes crazy. um, Musleski. Yeah, that's. Uh, Carl Malden. Oh, no, Carl Malden. Carl Malden. Carl, Carl Malden. Malden. I mean, there, that, you just, there's so many 
pieces in there. It's 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 the Jimmy Stewart explanation of movies. It's full of these little pieces of dreams that are just they're little jewels. I think yeah. movies just so underrated. Todd Roberts, pick that up. That was my. Go ahead, Michael. That was my very first John Ford film ah. I ever saw. My dad, my dad took me to a Saturday matinee roadshow performance at the Pantages Theater. Hmm. And you know, I, I I state this in my upcoming book, talking about Ford, that you know the Calvary, the Indians, the action in it. Of course, Ken Curtis, who was Festus. I went, there's Festus, <laughs> but it was the first time. And it was love at first sight of seeing Monument Valley. Mm-hmm. And I, I said afterwards, when my friends and I would play in on our street, every tree, every bush, <laughs> it these great monoliths of Monument Valley in my mind. And I have had an ongoing love affair with Monument Valley from that day. Mm. And, and Woody Strode told me, we, we were talking about Monument Valley and that, and he said to me, he said, you know, Mike, Ford should have been buried in Monument yes, Valley. Yes, And I I agree. I think I he should have. It's, it's as much John Ford's Valley as it is the Navajos. And the Navajos uh, matter of fact, on, on Searchers, they made him an honorary member of the Navajo tribe, they gave him a sacred deer hide wow. and gave him the name Natani Nez, Tall Soldier. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, Cheyenne Autumn was another one I was going to talk about. Um, just, my God, what a beautifully shot movie. Uh, and just one of my all-time favorite scenes in the movie, and I tear up every time I see it, is after Widmark has talked with uh, Edward G. Robinson, who's playing Secretary yes. Carl Schultz, yeah. and he tells Widmark, get on a train. And he gets up, Robinson gets up, and there's a framed photo of Abraham Lincoln, and Robinson is looking at it, and you hear very softly uh, the music score plays Battle Hymn of the Republic. Mm. And he looks at Lincoln and he says, old friend, mm-hmm. old friend, what would you do? And my God, that just, mm-hmm. man, that hits me it's in beautiful. the heart every time I see it. It's just such a beautiful scene. Um, Cheyenne Autumn is true. It, it, it's got some flaws, yes. I, I think the whole Dodge City scene yeah. could have been uh, eliminated because I think it hurts the flow. Um that's a different but, movie. Uh, yeah, I think it. I think it just took it took a large part of the story away. But I, I, I think it's a great film. Um, I, I never tire of watching it. You know, I can forgive the Dodge Dodge City sequence. I can forgive Ford for that. You know, I think uh, it's kind of a cool thing about that movie too is you look at the casting of the Indians. And there's people complain that well they they weren't real Indians you know but you know you had you had Hispanics which an awful lot of the campesinos were uh, mixed blood that's not a valid yes. argument but I I really love uh, Sal Minio's portrayal there of the young buck who's trying so hard to prove himself that he keeps messing oh, yeah. up and it's just oh, yeah. it's, it's it's human and and. You know, they of course Ford has it populated with the Navajos. Uh, he's got yeah. Bob Menningmules and the Stanley Brothers in it that were in every damn Ford film since Stagecoach. Um, and, and I, I can forgive using, you know, Ricardo Montalban and and Gilbert Rowland because, well, back then we didn't have that many Indian actors mm-hmm. who were good actors mm-hmm. other than first comes to mind is Jay Silverheels. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I think it was more the reason Ford did it was he needed names yes. to help sell the film. And so you, you've got this all-star cast whereas if you had John Jones and Sam Smith playing those roles who's going to know them? Yeah, they, 
they were all they all looked authentic. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Victor Jory is the yes. old chief. Uh, Ricardo Montalban, who always makes a good Indian. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the other one? Uh, Frank Dakota. Yeah, yeah. They they were just they were just so right on. I hope someday somebody writes a book writes a book about the Navajos that uh, worked for Ford and say they, they rode for Ford. Indeed, Todd Roberts. Well, you know, go ahead, go ahead, Michael. Oh, I just was going to say, there's always a funny thing in all the Ford films with the Navajos, and if they're playing, whether they're playing Apaches or Cheyenne <laughs> or Sioux, they're they're all speaking Navajo. Yeah, and they're all telling jokes. Yeah, and sometimes they're kind of and and if they were talking about the Apaches because they Nav, the Navajo tribe and the Apache tribe didn't always get along. They would say very um, obscene comments about the Navajos, <laughs> and especially certain male—not Navajos, Apaches—and mm-hmm. certainly certain male Apaches appendages, shall mm-hmm. we say? Okay. You know, I've got a, I've got a, a good story there. All right. It has to do with distant trumpet. Get in front of that microphone. I am. I'm just. I'm fiddling with uh, cards over here. Where are my cards here? <laughs> I don't. Okay, I don't need it. But I got anyhow. Distant Trumpet, which was directed by Wild Walsh in 1964, off of a Pulitzer Prize-winning novel by Paul Hogan. Anyhow, there's a scene in there where uh, Troy Donahue's the young lieutenant leading the troop, and he comes up to a group of the uh, of the uh, I can't remember who they were fighting the tribe. I think it was Cheyenne or something. But anyhow, he comes up to him and he's talking to him, and you got the interpreter back and forth, you know. And I just happened to be in Kanab working on another picture at the same time, Do a Diablo, another cavalry picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, Willie Chi, one of the Indian boys working on our show, he's they're all in the back and they're just cracking up. <laughs> and so when it was over, I saw him out and I said, Willie, I said, what? What's going on? What was that? He says, "Oh, you know that scene there where they're where they're talking to the lieutenant." He says, "Yeah." He says, "He says the lieutenant asks him something, and then they answer back, and the answer is, you know, well, the bad guys went that way." Actually, what he was saying is, "Mr. Donahue, you are so pale, you look like the belly of a lizard." Todd Roberts, uh, Todd Roberts, yeah. pick a movie to talk about uh, and do it. Uh, well, I, I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick one main one, but I'm going to have a little, shall I say, preface before that. It's not a cavalry film, but to That's give you an idea of how much the cavalry had an impression, left an impression on film in general and the American male psyche specifically is during the attack on Pearl Harbor in From Here to Eternity, uh, Burt Lancaster and uh, the guys are, you know, they're trying to scramble and get guns and fight the Japanese back as the attack is starting. And all of a sudden, the bugler starts blowing the cavalry charge. <laughs> and one of the guys looks up and says, she's Max gone crazy. He's blowing the cavalry charge. So my cavalry film that I, I want to mention is one that is overlooked um, because it's not in the traditional sense, which is Rough Riders. With, yes, which uh, one? Well, the, the one with Tom Berenger and oh, Francesco oh. Quinn, Man, where they're cavalry without horses, <laughs> Sam Elliott yeah. and, and Brad Johnson Jerome and George Bruce. Hamilton. Um and it's the cavalry who got their horses taken away from them because they all got sick. So uh, they had to charge San Juan Hill without them. But I think it, it's, a, it's a great film, and it, and it has a lot of great jewels in it, as you were talking about earlier. And, uh, of course, I have a little bit of, or a lot of bit of, uh, sentimentality towards it because of my good friend Francesco Quinn is no longer with us. Yeah. You know, yeah. you mentioned Rough Riders. There's a 1927 Rough Riders, a silent, directed by Victor Fleming. It had Noah Berry, Charles Feller, Van Buren, oh, he was Van Buren, uh, Charles Emmett Mack, Mary Anster, Frank Hopper, who played Theodore Roosevelt, and who else was in there? Uh, Oh, Mark Hamilton, Fred Kohler. They just got great, but it's, it's really, really... I saw a part of it looking this up, and here's here's the line from it. This is from the ads: "You can't call a man a coward if he dies trying." 
All right. And on that note, we're going to take our next commercial break here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Movie Saturday with you. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. Michael F. Blake, our guest, will be back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304. 8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. So this is Sergeant Whitlock, United States Cavalry, and I'm here on Voices of the West. On Amal Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles, our guest Michael F. Blake, Western Writers of America author. We are talking cavalry movies here on Movie Saturday, streaming live to you from the White Stallion Ranch, just north of Tucson. Uh, the movie I want to talk about, fellas, Michael, you may or may not have seen this, and if you've not seen it, I encourage you to uh, find it someplace. Uh, it is The movie is called Counting Bullets, and the fellow you heard there uh, just before the High Chaparral theme, uh, Sergeant Whitlock, uh, he was one of the, the stars and the writers uh, of this movie, Counting Bullets. Um, it was, it's made by a fellow named Travis Mills, and... Uh, Might be the next John Ford. He, I think he is the next John Ford. Um, Tra- Travis came up with this harebrained idea uh, during the um, COVID dur- during the COVID scare uh, of making twelve westerns in twelve months. And he did. And he did. And this was the first one that he did. It's filmed out by um, Wilcox and the Dragoons in, in that area. Basically, the story is of a small group of cavalry soldiers who are pinned down by a. Uh, in, in a canyon by uh, enemy Comancheros, and over the course of uh, a couple of days, they're forced to face their differences, and there are many of them, uh, and rely on each of their instincts to survive. Um, the scenery in this movie is on par with Excellent. John Ford. Um, it, the whole thing is really good there. The main idea is that they are going to search for this lost party of nuns that was on their way to Tucson. And they eventually come across the nuns, and the Comancheros eventually come across them and pin them down, and they don't have a whole lot of ammo left, uh, hence the name Counting Bullets. Um, John Mars uh, plays Sergeant Whitlock. Whitlock is a uh, he, he was a top sergeant, first sergeant, but he hit the bottle way too often, ends up in, uh, in the stockade, and the commander pulls him out to go with the, uh, the young uh, shirt tail there, Michael Estridge, who plays Lieutenant Lowe, and uh, it, it's, the, the, those two clash big time, uh, and I mean, it, it's just a damn fine movie, Bunker. I was just thinking, you know, if it had been done at another time, Ward Bond 
probably would have played him. Yeah, no, that's possible. You yeah, just that kind of mm-hmm. chemistry there. That's possible, but uh, and, and uh, Mills had gone on uh, obviously to make his twelve westerns in twelve months, and they are all damn good. They are. There is not a one of them in there. And he shot one on a cell phone. Yeah. Unbelievable, I and mean, it looks like it looks like a regular movie. It does. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with what this uh, what this uh, young filmmaker does, and this particular movie. Yeah, this particular movie won bunches of accolades at various film festivals. Uh, Mars has won um, tons of uh, awards uh, as well. Um, Travis Mills always he he does like an Arthur Hitchcock in there. He's he, he, he's, he's in the movie, but he's not in the movie, you know? Uh, he started in a couple. There's that yeah. one movie where all he does is like rainy. He yeah. rides in on the horse, falls yeah. off, and that's it. That, that's it. That that was, uh, yeah. Uh, but here he plays a, 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 capper, a captured Comanchero. Uh, again, hell of a movie. <coughs> I highly recommend that you find it and watch it. You can find it on... Uh, streaming uh, on Tubi. Um, you can also rent or purchase it at Amazon. Purchase um, it; it'll support them. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, there's all kinds of places you can find to watch it, and I highly recommend watching his you films. Know, you know. Well, so there's another film I got to mention, which is Trooper Hook with Joel McRae. Right here. Yes. I love yes. that film, and I love how he. He, he, you know, of course, he's attracted to Barbara Stanwyck and looks to her, you know, he would like to be with her. But how he how he caters to the boy is so sweet. And it's it's you can see for me, at least maybe uh, maybe I'm crazy, but I see the same style of relationship between uh, um uh, in the film uh, Hostiles with uh, um, uh, the Indian boy and Rosemont Pike and uh, uh, what's his face uh, who was Batman uh, you know at the end of that he, he looks Bale. to the boy to what? Uh, it was Christian Bale you're talking about Christian Bale yeah I love that film Hostiles I, yeah I love bo- both films I I that scene with uh, uh, Bale on the when he has to he walks away from the fort to mourn the loss of his friend and the guilt that he feels that he's going to he's been ordered and he and he's so torn and heartbroken that he's going to have to escort the guy the the Indian Cheyenne Indian chief who killed his best friend he's going to have to make sure that he gets he safely gets. To where he wants to be buried, uh, it, uh, the torment of that character in that scene is really heartfelt and painful. And it's some beautiful, the most film. beautiful New Mexico you'll ever see, isn't it? That film. I'm sorry, fellas. I only know one Batman, and that is Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> and he made some westerns. You he know, did. You he know, did. Speak. Going and he made some Trooper. gun smokes. Yes, yeah. he did. <laughs> you know, going back to Trooper Hook for a second. Let's not forget Rudy Ocosta. That is just, you know, ah, yeah. one of, oh, one of yeah. our best Indians, you know. And, and absolutely, I got, I got a little jewel from that for you. This is some of the lyrics from the from the song of that. Trooper Hook upon his horse is a mighty wondrous thing, as the cavalry comes a charging and the Indian arrows sing. And then another one: Give me earth, give me sky, let me live, let me die as a trooper. Mm. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Michael, uh, what other movies uh, would you recommend uh, in your top list? Well, I briefly mentioned Arrowhead yes. with uh, uh, Charlton Heston. Right. Um, that's that is a really good uh, uh, film, and it it takes place out here in Arizona and um, uh, and outside of Texas. Where he's uh, bringing in uh, an Apache played by Jack Palance, he's playing Toriano, and Heston's character of Ed Bannon was loosely based on the scout Al Sieber, who was instrumental in helping bring in uh, Geronimo. 
and had a, a young fellow working with him by the name of Tom Horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really great little film. It's uh, all It was all shot in... Hold on, I'll tell you in one second. It was shot in Brackettville, Texas, mm-hmm. where Fort Wayne later made uh, the Alamo. Mm-hmm. Fort Carter. And uh, it, it was a really, it's a really neat little film, very gritty for 1953, given that they had to still abide by the uh, uh, producer's code authority, you know, <laughs> what they could show and not show. But it's a really well done film. Uh, it was. Uh, written by uh, Charles Marcus Warren. It's based on W.R. Burnett's uh, book. Let's see if I can dig up the title here. Um, but no, he... Toby uh, Wells. Toby Wells. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Charles Marcus Warren was responsible for helping make Gunsmoke the... Um, the hit it was in its early years. He mm-hmm. he knew my dad knew him. My dad worked for him, and he said Charles Marcus Warren knew more about the American West than anybody else he ever met. Hmm. He, was um, the- he later went and helped create uh, Rawhide. Yep. So it's a it, it I I I think that's another really good film. One thing I did want to mention about Buffalo Soldiers, there were two. Well, there's a high chaparral episode yes, I'm yes, on that one. Soldiers yes. with Yafit Koto. And then there were two TV movies. There was one made in 78 called Buffalo Soldiers. And then there was another one made uh, back in the, I believe it was in the 80s or early 90s with Danny Glover called Buffalo Soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's but- a little more politically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a good film in... You know, I, I think the Buffalo Soldier story is tremendous and needs to be told more. Uh, yes. You know, you're talking about um, officers drinking and that. Alcoholism was a big problem mm-hmm. within the Calvary because yep. you're stuck out here on a lonely outpost. Nothing to do. Maybe, <laughs> you know, you, you they're, they're, after the Civil War, the chance to advance in rank was yeah. very minimal. Very. Uh, they used that line in yellow, she wore a yellow ribbon, uh, get come up and that's right another 10 or 12 years. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that was very true. Yep. So officers really didn't, unless they established themselves in a great fight, they, um, they didn't have a chance to advance. So alcoholism was a very big problem. But interestingly, the alcoholism rate amongst Buffalo soldiers was substantially lower than they were against their white counterparts. And that's because, so, of, uh, the, that's because of the first sergeants that were uh, there running those companies uh, of Buffalo soldiers. They, uh, sense of pride. You know, yeah, sense of pride. I remember when I was stationed at Fort Huachuca that uh, the Buffalo Soldiers, man, that, that they, they were they were big deal down there, and they're still a big deal today, uh, for that matter. Um, there, there, yeah. There's one movie we got to mention before we go off, because this is the movie that, for an awful lot of people of my generation, was the movie that defined the Calvary movie. Okay. They died with their boots on. Ah, okay. Yes. Well, let's talk about that after our last commercial break here. That's a good segue, Bunker. <laughs> Teaching you something yet. Yeah, All right, we'll be... I'm learnable. <laughs> we'll be right back on Abel Francie's Voices of the West after this. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were built. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. 
that's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Ed Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management, where we manage money for gun owners. When people turn 50, something miraculous happens. They start to get serious about retirement planning. They've done very well so far and want to be certain they power into the retirement they've earned. Let me guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, five stand and two sporting clays fields as well as a 9,000 square foot clubhouse which all is available to local shooters and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single day use welcome. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horses Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horses Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horses Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horses Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horsesaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horsesaroundrescue.org. Now, the way this story ends is that they get married. He goes on to become governor of the state. Never gets to Australia, but he keeps reading a lot of books about it. I get to be sheriff of this town. Then I go on to become one of the most beloved characters in Western folklore. This is the Voices of the West. Francis of Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts in Los Angeles, our guest Michael F. Blake, uh, Western Writers of America author, and uh, quite the uh, quite the forty, yeah, quite the know-it-all on <laughs> quite the know-it-all on cavalry movies. Yeah, that was elegantly put. I thank you so oh, much. Yes. And uh, that we ja- have a way with words. I know that Jackie Lim cut that uh, played just before the. Uh, uh, tune there uh, brought a tear to Bunker to France's eye. <laughs> I'm with you. Where's the cavalry? But who cares? I know. All right. So they died with their boots on quickly, so we can get uh, some more of these in here. Okay. Well, it's it's Earl Flynn, Olivia De Havilland, Arthur mm-hmm. Kennedy, Charles Grayblatt, Anthony Quinn is the crazy horse. Sydney Greenstreet, Regis to Daniel McHattie, Francis Ford, on and on and on and on, and it's. You know, it, it's been called uh, probably the definitive white horse of Custer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's just something about the Espirita Corps there. It's, you exactly. Know, the Gary, you know, it burns Gary Owen into your mind. You, you, when you hear Gary Owen, you can only think about 
the seventh calf. Yeah. And it's still yeah. their song today. Yeah. And you know, it's just I don't know, I, I every time I've seen it, I I, I love it and the climax, that battle, that's oh, yeah. still maybe yeah. you know, there's been a lot of great Custer finales, mm-hmm. but that one still in black and white still stands out. Michael F. Blake, what uh, movies do you recommend a newbie to uh, Western uh, uh, cavalry movies watch? John Ford's Cavalry Trilogy, Mort Apache's War Yellow Ribbon, Rio Grande, Sergeant Rutledge, uh, Alzana's Raid, and yes. another neat little movie uh, low budget, uh, directed by Charles Marcus Warren, that I wanted to mention called Little Big Horn. Oh, yeah. great uh, movie! <laughs> it's a great little movie. <laughs> Arrowhead. Arrowhead is another great little movie. Uh, and they died with their boots on. Come on, that's the custer we want to know. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and interestingly, they made it so that if you watch it, keep in mind the time. This movie was released, 1940, mm-hmm. storm clouds over Europe, mm-hmm. things very bad. And you can make an argument that Custer was us and the Indians were the Germans. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it sounds a little far-fetched, a little kind of going there, but you know you can certainly say that you could see they were making it obviously as a moneymaker in that, but sure. also... It, it, it was a little bit of a, a boost to the American morale because we all knew war was coming. And a, a great, great action, great film. Errol Flynn never looked better. And I'm going to tell you, the scene between, the goodbye scene between him and Olivia de Havilland, mm-hmm. oh my, mm-hmm. God almighty, is that a wonderful mm-hmm. scene. And you can sense oh, yeah. the camaraderie, the chemistry between oh, yeah. them is so, so good. Incredible. It's just, <laughs> just a great, great scene. Todd Roberts, your uh, top uh, cavalry movie that you would recommend? Well, uh, the Ford trilogy, Major Dundee is one of my, I, mm-hmm. I know it, 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 for a lot of people meet with it and find it to be, hmm. Uh, but I, uh, I've i always loved Peck and Paul, and I, I think he does a, a beautiful job with it. And mm-hmm. he, he, he got uh, Charlton Heston so angry at him that <laughs> Heston chased him down with a sword and was going to kill him yeah. uh, through in the middle of the creek. I agree, died with their boots on. I also love The Horse Soldiers by John Ford, John Wayne, William Holden. Great film. Um, But, you know, there's little gems in other films that have the cavalry. The Searchers, the scene of them riding across the river in the snow with their beautiful blue um, uh, tunics on. Uh, Hondo has great cavalry. And I just want to say that my favorite cavalry store in, in film is the supposed... Uh, uh, conversation. I don't have any proof of it. I've just heard it as an urban myth or a legend that Ford and and Peckinpah were talking about film, specifically cavalry films, making cavalry films. And Peckinpah said, "You know, you know, they don't. Their uniforms didn't look like that. They weren't all beautifully blue, and and you know, they were dirty and they." Were and the shoulder was ripped and and the buttons were dirty and tarnished and missing a button here and there and you know you got them looking like they're in the Easter parade or he used some some analogy and Ford said yeah but it sure does look great and cut Technicolor don't it <laughs> Bunker to France your favorite uh, or top movie uh, western uh, cavalry movie right? I got a handful here but not a handful this is quick this is quick quickly do it Diablo because I worked on it and it was a fun movie. Dances with Wolves, Gods and Generals, uh, Sergeants 3, Funny Funny, Soldiers Mm -hmm. Blue, Dark Movie, Son of the Morning Star, and they came to Kedora, especially they came to Kedora. All right. They came to Kedora. Wow. Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper. Michael F. Blake. Shameless (laughs) promotion time. What's going on? Uh, March 5th of 2024, the Cavalry Trilogy, John Ford, John Wayne, and the making of three great uh, westerns will be released. How cool. It is... Uh, we'll have a 
the most your detailed book, I think, around about how Ford made the films. I had access to all of Ford's paperwork. Um, it's it, it's an interesting. I know I'm the author and I say this, but just as a movie buff, I find it a very enjoyable read. Gives you a lot of history about working in the business, stunts. Uh, I talk about the very bad stunt that went wrong with uh, John Hudkins and Ford Apache when the horse went down on him. Oh, yeah. Uh, broke his back. Uh, it's, it, but it, it, if you love... John Ford, if you love John Wayne and you love the Calvary Trilogy, this is a this is who I wrote the book for. Excellent. Michael F. Blake, thank you so much for joining us on uh, our final oh, movie Saturday, Matt. It, it's always wonderful uh, and great to talk with you. And, yes, and we always learn something. I'm not sure. Well, well we always do <laughs> learn something. No question about it. Fellas, uh, that's it for this edition of. What? Uh, I know it's uh, that's it for this edition of Amo Franzi's. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Voices of the West, and uh, you know it's our last one of 2023. And uh, hey, old anxiety. Hey, um, uh, old anxieties. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year to my friends. Yes. Happy New Year, safe New Year, and. Let's uh, keep our eyes on the horizon. Oh, yeah. We, we celebrate at home because we are professionals, and it's amateur night out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be watching the John Ford film. There so you there. go. There, there you, you go. go. Michael, thank you so much. Bunker, any uh, final, quickly, any final... No? No, no. All right. I, I thought, oh, how will you trail? All right, you were in that too. Yes, I was. That was a disaster, but I learned so much about the cavalry because we were trained for several days before we ever shot. Just look up on IMDb, Steve Bunker to France, any movie that he's in, you watch. Amen. <laughs> 78, 79, 80-0, 7th Cavalry. So long, everybody. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 